everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 171 for February 20th, 2019. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Scott Turner, The Godfather, and Jimmy DeResta. That was cool. <laughs> it's like Greg the, Mead. The down-home version. Yeah. Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, and Gangy and Pop Pop Makerspace. What are we working on? Let's talk uh, to Slick Willie over there. What's cooking, Bill? Did you, you guys working? see that? I, I put up a video. I, don't, I think it's been about two years, but I did. I was talking about making that little table. Uh, kind of like a butcher block looking table, and I may, actually made the video for it. So that was fun. It was a one-day project. Took me all day, about eight hours, um, start to finish. So, yeah, it was fun. So that's that's what I was up to, and, and I'm down now. I've got the boxes behind me for the hardware for the uh, sliding barn doors. Mm. So I'm going to take the directions out of those and see what my parameters are and get to work on that, and then I'm done. I'm done with this. Awesome. Salon, I know. Hey, what? A bottle of champagne? Yeah. I don't have a bottle of champagne because I don't really drink anymore, but I was considering shaking up one of these fancy La Croix, uh, La Croix, and then opening it and then squirting it all over Casey. But then the thought that that would probably not go over very well, so it, that's no, not going to happen. It depends on the venue. It depends Buc- on the venue. Yeah. Where are you going to do that? Oh, I thought like right as she was stepping out of her car after we're done with this podcast. Oh no, yeah, that would not do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably. Not. So what what was up with the the sliding doors? You were concerned about um, ADA compliance and stuff. How did that all work out? Well, uh, as of right now, since since the ADA compliant door is on and the inspections are already done, we're just going to take that door off and keep it. And put up a sliding barn door, and if anybody ever says anything, they'll say, "Hey, that's not compliant." We'll put the other door back. Probably shouldn't be saying that on the radio, but cool. Well, it's <laughs> it's not. I couldn't find anything specific because everything references a swing yeah. out door. So my my thinking is is that I I I don't think a sliding door would be non-compliant because if I keep the hand, it's going to have to have a sign at a specific height, right? That's yep. that's going to be compliant it's going to have to have a handle at a specific height that's going to be compliant and um because it's not a swing out door i don't think it has to be self-closing so i think we're good on all accounts and i'm not doing to try and get away with anything i'm just thinking that okay i will make compliant yeah. everything that applies to this door that i mean you're right you're following the code just the only difference is there's no hinges so correct you know. it's, yeah it's, it, I, I think it would it'd just be one of those things like if the if the inspector was like didn't like you he would give you a hard time. I think it'd be one of those. Like he'd find Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a yearly inspection by the fire department. You know, for they'll, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll tell around you sure. here. So they'll say something, and the, they they'll either say it. Yeah, they'll say you've either yeah. got to put a, an automatic closer on it, or you can't have a sliding door for a restroom. I don't know. Yeah. But either way, I got, I'm going to make two of those. Um, like I said, I'm going to I'm going to see what the hardware looks like because uh, what the brackets that hold that door. And where the, uh, I don't know, the slider bar, you know, there's some dimensions there that are going to be crucial to how thick I can make the door, all kinds of stuff. So I've never really done one like this. I've made some before that were like homemade jobs, but I've never actually used brackets bought. So I've done two of them. Uh, one of them is my shed, and it's like the big steel, like U-joint almost, uh, like a yeah. real barn door with the big heavy wheels. And then I did one inside that's a little more refined. It was like an aluminum thing that's like, and it's in my, going to my laundry room. Because so we didn't want to have that, like a, just a door. We put a toilet in there. So we didn't want to have just a door and have it all closed off. So we made like half the wall slide, you know, oh, uh, yeah. for the rare occasions that we need to close it, you know. Um, and it, yeah, it wasn't hard. It was just a matter of just being really good with the level, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's hey, that be could be that could be the self closing right there. What if I just put that thing at a little <laughs> bit of an angle? I'm not kidding. Yeah, he's right. 
gravity would do that. Right? Well, it had to be pretty steep angle. the door at an angle so that it rests. So we'd see everybody's knees level with the floor. Or you could cut a hole in the floor, like a big slot to slide into. That would be awesome. If it slid into the floor. Yeah, we, we didn't do any floor cutting because uh, trying to get electrical down that way was going to be expensive. So I'm pretty sure the sliding uh, barn door floor cutting is out. I mean, you could do it with an angle grinder and a, and a diamond wheel. It'll just take you hours. Yeah, again, I'm going to say no. I, yeah. think I'll, I'll, I think I'll just make a regular... Yeah, Tim, we're saying no. Yeah, regular door... I don't know what the situation looks like, but what if you had like, <laughs> sorry, I'm apologizing ahead of time. Picture like a chevron pattern. So you have two doors and they're both at angles and they slide into like, to like a chevron pattern. So you have to push, you have to part them like in Star Trek and they both open. I was just side. thinking Star Trek. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking you let go Stargate. And just, what if I did a Stargate kind of like a round? It was an interdimensional know, like, portal. Yeah. Right. To a bathroom in some other building. No, the, the, they yeah. lock that thing by by the. It looks like a squid's mouth or something. You know the the. Oh, the um, aperture. Yeah. yeah. The aperture. That would be cool. You know who that did that cool. is um, the guy from Make. Ah, oh, jeez, I can't remember his name right now. But the um, he did it with CNC router parts. They made an aperture for his skylight. Uh, I've seen tables. Haven't you seen the videos for the table that's like that? When that you they swivel spin it, it yeah. and it gets yeah, yeah, bigger. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's balling. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Good. Anyways, you're probably not going to do any of that. Uh, Tim, what are you working on? I, I mean, I don't really have anything too exciting to report. It's kind of business as usual with the stools, you know? Just working more on those, stool, I'm yeah. Making progress, getting getting near the, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's still a lot of tunnel. <laughs> How many were they able to pick up? Because I saw that you posted that little uh, story about you had 60-some-odd ready. Yeah, they have they have half of them now. They have 65 of them. And, oh, uh, how many did they bring a big truck or? Yeah, they brought a box truck down. Box truck. Okay. And so we were able to, it was no problem. They probably could have fit all of them in the box truck if they stacked them three or four high. But we just, we did two. I mean, I'm assuming they got there without tipping over. He just did two stacks and, uh, and a strap on each one, you know, and cinched them up a little bit. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so, so we're halfway there. And, uh, well done, along, man. You know. Getting there, nice. and, and then I have some guitar stuff, you know, I'm working on and, and coming up. Did you see the um, the acrylic guitar I've been messing around with? Yes, yep. I saw that picture. That is clear, clear, clear. So good job on it's, the polishing. Yeah, it is. It's it's not done yet. There's like because you know it's it's perfectly clear when you get it because it was it was used but it was in really good shape. Um, right. And and so then you know wherever the router bit went, so I was in there with uh, you know sanding in some of the pockets. Uh, because you can see the chatter from the router. And, right. and mm-hmm. so I was trying to just sand that all out before I polish it with the flame. And then I went and I polished it with the flame. And I can see a few spots that like, need a little attention still. But then there was other parts where I just polished it with the flame without doing any sanding. And it almost looked better than where it was where I sanded. Like, it actually took mm. care of a lot of that router chatter, like, better than I thought. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be easier than I thought it was. Um, but this is this is all still just a prototype for for another instrument that I want to do with the acrylic. Um that's going to be a little more complicated, and so I wanted to do some experimenting with this and stuff. And and I'm like, you're going to do it, you're going to do a double bass, aren't you? No, that would be awesome, though. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know how heavy that would be? Holy crap! <laughs> well, it it would be it would be heavy, but you'd be safe. If anything, if, oh yeah, if, if gunfire broke out, you could hide right behind that bass. I am going to tell you this is a true story. It was uh, it got at least. 13 years ago I was playing a gig at some guy's farm like property and uh and everybody's having a really good time and it was late at night and we're playing some Johnny Cash or whatever we're doing a lot of that type of music because that was kind of the vibe there there were tractors and stuff on the property and uh the guy decided to go into the house and get his BB gun and start shooting at us and he was shooting at my base with his BB gun while I was playing just one pump but uh he thought it was the funniest thing in the world and we're just like dude really come on this thing's like I don't know it sounds pretty old. funny to me uh, everybody oh, else funny. thought it was funny as hell. I'm the one that had to pay for the damn thing, though, so... Bing, bing, <laughs> bing, it was bing. too funny. Fortunately, it didn't do any damage. But, yes, I have been playing a double bass and been shot at. My reaction to that would have been horrific for this person. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, My if he reaction wasn't seven be... feet tall and 300 pounds, it might have been. I don't funny. care how big he was. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, because he, then... he took, like, two or three shots before I even knew what the hell was going on. I was just like, I just, I'd be, boom, 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 boom,
the heck was that? I was like, did I break a string? I'm like looking around like, what? Did my my stand move? You know, did my microphone bump into me? You know, like in my old age, I promise you, there's very little that will ever get my ire up anymore. Um, but shooting at me with anything is probably going to do the trick. Yeah. Take yeah. note, guys. Take note. Yeah. <laughs> I just I boo on that guy. Boo, boo. Yeah, no, I was I was not a fan of that guy. Yeah, I haven't seen him since. Well, I'm glad that you're making stuff now because it seems like it's a safer occupation. Hmm. Um. Yes. Yeah, except for the angle grinders, but <laughs> no. I was saying in the pre-show. Oh yeah, you got bit today. Yeah, a couple days ago, the pre-pre-show. Yeah, my all these years of using angle grinders improperly, and I finally got bit by one, but just not bad. But it was just because I didn't have the guard on on the seven inch with the the seven inch cutting disc on it, and I w turned it off, and I was putting it down, and I was holding it by the handle, and the handle just loosened just enough for it to just spin and tap me with the blade, and I I mean it barely touched me, and it's like this huge wide gash. You know, I mean, it, and it was like, and it cauterized it basically when it went in, so it barely instantly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. it was just like, uh, I was just like, oh, I see how this is could be dangerous, like that could have, you know. So just a just I a warning. A, yeah, years you know, to remember ago, that those things work, are dangerous. I worked for a uh, uh, roll-up garage door. You know, the big industrial garage doors that you push the button and they roll up. Mm -hmm. And they're they're made by slats, and you slide the slats together. Then on the end of the slats, you rivet little stops to it after you take yeah. an angle grinder and make sure they're all even right so and it's quick it's production so you're start on one end and you go all the way down 15 20 feet however tall this door is and just one time getting done with that no guard on it and uh holding it by the handle instead of by the by the tool itself and just moving out of the way getting ready to set it down it just crossed my thigh went right through my jeans uh put a nice little Nice little gash in my thigh, and uh, I still have that today. I have a great big tattoo over the scar, but yeah, that, that was a good wow. reminder. Mm. Yeah, it's that seven Jeez. inch. Was it a seven inch? Yep, the big one. Yeah, that's the yep. big one. Like, there's too much torque on that to just to ever just hold it by the handle itself. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, I, I I'll hold it by the body by itself, but yeah, I've, I don't think yeah, I've yeah. ever held any of them by just the handle. That's I mean, except for putting it down. You know what I mean? Because you don't think. It's still it's still winding down, and you know that you're not you know when things are still winding down, you're not supposed to move, but you're in a production situation, you know. Yep. Like it, I, it I takes like you. it takes thirty seconds for that darn thing to stop spinning. I just stand there, you know, wait for it to stop before I get back to work. You know. You know, what? go get a couple of your couch cushions and keep them in the shop. Just like nail them to the wall, and then when you're done grinding, just jam it into the couch cushion to stop it real quick. Yeah, because that won't get messy. That's that's not really a thing. Please, nobody try that. <laughs> Especially if your wife really or your partner really likes your couch. <laughs> Phil, what about you, man? What are you doing? What's going down, hometown? Um, thank you for calling me by that nickname. I appreciate it. Uh, what is going on with me? I actually got some shop time in this week. Um, oh, I got an nice. order for a very large whiskey box. He wants it to hold eight tumblers and the bottle so it's like wow. 17 by 15 inches big and like six inches tall and uh, i played the game of do i have enough stuff to make this or do i need to break down something else so i'm actually making it out of all uh hardwood maple and uh so it'll be nice to work with because nice. i've got that desk that i took apart yeah it'll be a, a treat to work with sometimes i i i hoard the nicest possible pieces. I'm like, ah, I shouldn't use this for this. But then I'm like, listen, I found this desk on the street. Just use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a, that's what I'm doing. Um, and uh, so, but the first thing I had to do was clean up the shop because I hadn't really worked in the shop at all for like, I don't know, four to five weeks, something like that. And you know how the shop gets when you don't actually work in it and you just have like crap everywhere, and especially when it's your garage. So I had to do a good half hour 45 minute cleanup just get everything nice and straight and put all the tools away and make sure that you could walk in all the areas without tripping on anything uh so that was it was nice to get your house in order you know my yep. house in order specifically Ooh, and then, future then topic get your house in order mm. write that cool. down Tim. i like i like that I like that let's do that um and then i had a good Writing couple of hours to work on this box obviously i had to make a trip to home depot because um I needed handles and some hardware for it. 
kind of he kind of wanted to make it like portable like he would take this with him it's it's a birthday present for himself it's got his own monogram on it he's giving oh. it to himself as his birthday present yeah so show up to uh, the party with that actually is kind of a neat idea show up to a party with your own monogrammed whiskey case open up you know like a mini bar I mean, yeah for you and seven friends it's pretty baller so i got yeah. a lot of respect for this man uh daryl if you're listening let's stay classy yeah. but uh so i got that going and uh and last week i got to ship out a whole bunch of iron and soul orders so huge thank you to everyone who's had so much patience with me i really appreciate it um and uh and i got a few more to ship out this week and then i'm then i'm all caught up so i feel good about that it was nice to send them out and uh you know, everybody's so, been so incredibly supportive, and, and I'm just really grateful. So I, I appreciate everybody's patience and support and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, obviously I still have tools. And, you know, just quick note on, on what it is. You know, like we, we've all gotten used to sort of the, the Amazon thing where you put an order, it's in the mail automatically, and you see it the next day. Um, and it's just, it's just me. I'm not Amazon, right? So... I'm a guy who took uh, who took a chance on on buying uh, you know several thousand dollars worth of tools and seeing if I could do something with it and uh, and so far it's it's going okay mm-hmm. um, just about at at break even so that's uh, pretty exciting and uh, and that's what I'm doing I'm also actually looking into and I'd be curious to get people's feedback on it I'm in talks with a saw blade manufacturer at like you know ten and twelve inch saw blades for table saws and chop saws and uh looks like it could be something pretty special i don't know if anybody's interested in that kind of a thing but let me know send me an email or a direct message on instagram whatever it is or on facebook if you can include you uh, metal, metal blades too yeah because uh it's a manufacturer we, they can do anything well because i know that um we each got a chop saw that was for metal right back it yeah. back <laughs> I still have it, but I haven't used it more than a couple of times because the blade on it just wore out really fast. I mean, within, yeah, yeah. but I was cutting bed frames with it, and that's super hard metal. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, you're talking about a cold saw blade, right? Yeah, like because uh, I mean, those are if you can add if you can add ten and twelve uh, wood cutting blades in a few different sizes, I'm sure those would go over well. You would get the support from our community, but also add the, those metal cutting blades as well because you can buy those metal cutting blades now at the big box stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just something to think of if you're going to do that. I, yeah, because I think they make them that go on regular chop saws and stuff, right? Yeah, but the, the problem uh, with the regular chop saws so is fast. speed. Yeah. yeah. So you can do yeah. it, but it would be I had one of those blades for an angle grinder that cut metal, and it had teeth on it, and it lasted a while. Um, yeah. It, so, I mean, will, that's fast. But if you've got a specific, yeah. if you've got a metal cutting chop saw w- with an actual blade as opposed to a disc, uh, it's so much better. Oh my gosh! It's so oh, can better. you? You mean like I have one of those Dewalt like fourteen inch takes the abrasive disc cutters? Yeah, correct. You can you replace can, a blade the, on there. That's it's right, called yeah. a cold saw yeah, because I want it's not as hot as an abrasive. Yeah, um, I want that. and it spins slower than uh, than a yeah. wood chop saw. Yeah. I, yeah, a buddy of mine gave me that. I just pulled it out while I was working on on these stools because I, I have the bandsaw. I usually use that, you know, cause this thing's messy and you got to stand there. And, but what I never liked about it is that abrasive disc actually flexes. Yeah. So if, if you pull too well, hard, not only that, it just puts dust and nasty oh, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good for quick, yeah. right? Like a couple of quick chops, but if you're going to be doing production, yeah, I agree with you. We used to have them in the machine shop and yeah, look. I use it like a sander almost like, it, you know, I cut something in the edges and straight. I'll, I'll turn it on with the blade down and push stuff up against it and use it like yeah. a grinding disc. You know, it works better. Well, that's like a that. great way to get it to shatter in your face. <laughs> well, you, the, the guards. Down I do. The, I do the same thing with down. cutting this on my on my angle grinder. I, yeah, I use similar. that after I'm done with the cut. I'll use that to kind of buff it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, me too. The but thin I, ones. I find the a, uh, yeah ones. the cutting disc. I find a uh, I find a angle grinder with a cutting disc on it is ten times faster than any chop saw with an abrasive yeah. disc. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean the so. the downside to it is that you might be lacking some of the accuracy like you would with a bandsaw. But, Correct. Because um, you're you're doing you're you're marking it. You're trying to you're trying to make a nice square or yeah. forty five, where you can do that accurately with the with the. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm saying on, on the chop saw, yeah, you can set uh, it at the right angle. Angle grinder, you're doing it by hand, but yeah, I've done 45s with angle grinders, and and I do it all the time. Know, 
Yeah, they're tight <laughs> enough. You fill it in with weld. You know what I mean? It's yep. fine. But uh, I, I've said it a million times. The angle grinder is my favorite tool. I mean, it's just like I just did. So, uh, so yes, uh, Phil, is the answer an, to your question. Yeah. <laughs> At least from us. Yeah, I did an ArborTech video um, uh, that'll be coming out soon, um, and I I use some ArborTech tools like they have the the uh, the cutter, Jeez, I, yeah. the turbo plane, and, I was, and then I, I used the mini turbo plane as well. On that, and that was my first time using those. I'd use well, I'd messed around them before, like at the demos and stuff. But I, I got, I'm like hooked because I used to do power carving a lot, like before I had the CNC on my guitars and stuff. And but I didn't have the Arbortech stuff. I had like just like a rasp, you know, and like that chainsaw, that suicide chainsaw blade thing. The Excalibur or the Lancelot? Yeah, the Lancelot. Lancelot yeah. yeah, sketchy. It's a little sketchy. And then I had that crazy thing from Belarus. <laughs> that, yes, Phil, you wouldn't even try it. You mailed it back, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. She kept she kept actually emailing me, and I was like, yeah. I honestly don't even know what I would do with that. I I, I don't know what I would do with that. Yeah, I've used like the uh, Lance a lot a few times. It's uh, Mitchell Dillman turned me on to that. Watching him, mm. he would cut stool tops that have the little like butt indentions yeah, for a stool. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, he used to use it a lot for that, and um, that's the first time I ever heard of Arbitech. And yeah. I've used them like that for minor stuff, but for like you know minute carving and stuff yeah that chainsaw blade is a little crazy it's a little aggressive yeah it's aggressive well yeah the the, the uh, turbo plane the Arbitech turbo plane is a lot more aggressive than I thought it would be but it's like it's controllable it's a lot more controllable than the chainsaw blade so you can actually right. just very lightly t- you, you just kiss it you it'll just take kiss the material it you, start you just cut out Tim it it'll take the material out um, quickly, but you can control it better, as I think what he's trying to say. Hopefully he'll come Yeah. Back. I mean, his hand up in the air like that tells me... Oh, there he oh, is. there he is. Hello, Hi. Timothy. Yeah. Yes. You, Good to see you. You guys are freezing up on me for a second, too. Sorry. Yeah, that's not us, man. Um, yeah. Okay, let's, let's get into our topic here, which is a continuation of last week's topic, which is getting to know these three guys. Oh, can I uh, can I say something real quick? I got chastised in the comments of my video. Somebody caught that I did not. I had the opportunity to use my Tim Sway square, and I did yeah. not. I yeah. used. I just used a little bracket that I, a little piece of uh, angle bracket that I. Oh yeah. Anyway, somebody in the comments says, "Yeah, that's what I would do. I just grabbed that junky piece of metal instead of a quality tool that your best friend gave you." Just so you know, Tim, people are looking out for you, buddy. Well, he didn't give it to you. He bought oh. it. You could do whatever you want with it. Yeah. People besides you, I guess, Bill. Yeah. So. Oh, other people, yeah. Right. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> like, no matter what you derail, <laughs> awkwardness. Okay, who wants to go first with me, questions? Me. Okay, there we go. Okay, so, Phil, and this is going to, I actually did that derailing. To segue into this question that goes to you, are you ready for Very this? Slick. Yeah. What experience would you like to erase from your memory so you could do it again for the first time? That's a What's good the question. rating on this podcast? <laughs> good answer. What is the experience? That Something like that you've erase. enjoyed, and, and you can't, and again, we're trying not to, you know, the birth of your kids or nothing like that. So what experience that you've enjoyed so much for the first time that you wish you could, like, just erase it from your memory to have that experience of doing it again for the first time? It was so amazing. Playing hockey for the first time or eating uh, maple leaf syrup or something. I don't know. What? You're Canadian. Think of something. Yeah, this does seem like a very specifically Canadian question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, none of those things are good the first time. Like, playing hockey the first time is not great, right? Because you're falling all over the place. You can't take any good shots. Like, everything in life is better with experience. I find what the first your... time of anything isn't great. Well, yeah, like, but what was, like, I don't know, like maybe getting on a roller coaster, maybe. S- what about something to do with making? Like, uh, your first commission sale? Or did you, ever, did you have, like, something that somebody loved so much that you made for them you wish you could do it again? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, I made that chessboard that I really think I didn't think I was going to sell, but then I put on Instagram and somebody snapped it up right away. So that was really, really cool. So it was like satisfying. To, to be pr- yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just sort of someone saw it as more than what I saw it as. They saw it as like art and a gift for somebody who would really love it. 
And uh, I kind of want to make another one. Well, I've made another chessboard since, but I want to make another bigger, better one like that one was. I think anytime somebody places more value on something than you do yourself, something that you made, mm, yeah. we all know we're more critical about our own work. But when you think, you know what, this is pretty good, and then somebody goes absolutely bananas over it, that's that's yeah. that's great. Yeah, good question. I wish I had a better answer, but I guess that's what it would have to be. Okay. That's actually, it makes sense, though. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay, then I've got I've got one for Bill. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> and 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 me reacting earlier is a good segue into this one as well. Um, <laughs> what's the maddest anyone has ever gotten at you and why? Oh, let's see what I can talk about on this podcast. <laughs> hmm. Um I like that the problem is that there's so much. Yeah, which it's so R rated. <laughs> well, it's not that they're R rated. There's just some legalities in some of these things. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> there's restraining orders. <laughs> restraining orders. Um, uh, let's see. I'm gonna try. Law, I'll, I'll try and keep it. I'll try and keep it making related and something I think we can all relate to. Um, I don't think the maddest, but I think the one thing I fear the most is me buying an expensive tool and not discussing it with Casey first. That's the thing I worry about the most. And there's been a few times where she's not been happy about it, but only mm-hmm. because I didn't didn't discuss it with her first. Not because of the, you know, because she does the budgeting, she takes care of the money. So she's like, look, I can I can make this happen, but knowing about this and knowing that you would actually talk to me about this first... She, I think I, I think I heard her feelings one time, once doing that, buying wow. buying something, and, yeah, that's, and that's different than making someone angry too, like hurting their feelings. No, it, it was she was pretty pissed off. Don't get me wrong. Oh, okay, there, there, yeah. there was there was some anger, was about, but I, but it wasn't that I bought a tool or that I bought an expensive tool. It was the, the fact you were that dishonest, I dishonest. Yeah. yeah, and you betrayed her. Yeah. Yes. It, it, yeah. Actually, it was a betrayal. And, the betrayal, I think, and that made me, and I won't ever do it again for that reasons. Because when I when I looked at it that way, I thought as well, I'll just try. You know, it's better to apologize and ask permission or something like that. No, it's not. No, it's not ever better to mm-hmm. do that. Good advice. Not, not when you really. I, I love. I'm in so madly in love with Casey all the time. She does things every day that makes me wonder why she's with me and uh, I don't like that feeling of having her disappointed in me and she's scary as hell when she's pissed yeah yeah I could see that yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think but a lot of us sort of live by that better to ask for forgiveness than than uh, permission uh, especially when it comes to tools in the shop like most of our wives I don't want to speak for all of them or most of our spouses potentially uh, I have no idea what are in our shop. You know, like I could put something in there right on the workbench as you walk in, and everyone would just walk oblivious past it into the house. And you're like, "Did you just get that? No, I've had that forever. I just took it out from one of the cabinets." Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like it's just a thing. Yeah. Well, there's there's situations where I don't worry about. Like at work, I mean, there's decisions that I make that I know that management would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do it anyway because I know it's going to work out. And then they're like, well, you should have asked first. Yeah, well, it works. So, you know, kiss my butt. But right. not not when it comes to somebody you care about. Not when it comes to your loved one. Not when it comes to close relations with people. So, 100%. Yeah, yeah that's, fine 100%. that's fine to P.O. your boss, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Not your partner. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Tim. You're up. Um, here, I'll go to you, Phil. Because you didn't get a time machine question last week. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I? No, no. So, okay, this is another time machine one. So this time machine um, can go either backwards or forwards. And it can go any okay. distance. Like, you can go all the way back to, like, dinosaur time and go all the way to the future, to the end of the earth, whatever. Um, which way do you go? Like, to when and why? I've thought about this before because... I thought you might have. I'm a huge dork. Because I'm a huge dork. Doctor the thing Who? is... No, because like every time we watch like time traveling shows or whatever it is, wherever you go to, for some reason, speaks perfect British English, and they can understand you, and you can understand them. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that any t- any basically beyond a hundred hundred and fifty years ago, like there are serious differences in in language, right? And that even English to English, like I. 
anyone should try to read the Canterbury Tales, which is a famous story by Chaucer that is written mm-hmm. in Middle English, and you will not believe that it is in English because it yeah. is just totally different. It's Middle English. Just look and at the U.S. Constitution. There's letters in the U.S. Constitution that I don't yeah. recognize, and that was only that's our country, you know, or well, not your country. Yeah. So, you know, so time travel backwards would be very difficult. I mean, like, even if I wanted to go back to the place that I think would be awesome to visit, which would be Rome, I have no idea of communicating. I'd immediately be arrested as some kind of a weirdo outsider. Boom, you're in huge trouble. So I guess I'd want to go forward because at least I could just be some weirdo hippie, you know, but language would... It could just be as much of a problem. Yeah, it probably be as much of a problem. I was gonna say, I don't know, because yeah, they would I think know Tim, you're this so is a different. Horrible question. Yeah, you got to figure out. No, this is a great question because it's it's about looking into your skull and seeing how twisted it is, and this has been fantastic. Wouldn't Here's you... my problem. I'm too I'm too pragmatic for any of these fantasies. <laughs> I always ruin everything. That's my problem, and I guess maybe that's the telling aspect of that question. But I guess I'd I'd want to go into the future to see if we ever do Interstellar. See, that was a normal answer that like, yeah. a normal person would yeah. give, but it was all the pedantism before that that I really enjoyed. I know. Yeah, well, that's me, right? I just ruin everything. By the way, my wife just texted me and she goes, I heard that. <laughs> what, what, did, what did she hear? The tool? No, the what's in the workshop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin that for you. Awesome. No, no, I'm ready to LOL. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, okay. Who's uh, up next? Bill, you've got right, a Bill. question for Tim. All right, for Probably. Tim. Um, <clears throat> okay, where do you find yourself, Tim, most often? So on average, the most most times when you're pissed off, where do you find yourself or what situation is that? That's a really good question. Um, geez, you know, the, the older I get, the less angry I am. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I, I hope to continue that way. Like, I know I've met a lot of old people that are angry and like, I don't want to be the angry old man, <laughs> you know? Um, I honestly, it's probably my workshop, uh, because, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. And, you know, one, well, I think the reason is, is that it is still, it is a business, like my workshop, it's my, it is my place of work and I, I spend more time there than anywhere else except home, you know, and, uh, and, but it's also my, my playground and my escape, it, you know, and some days I get to, I get to have that. And I, I, I mentioned that last week, how I'm very fortunate to have that time, but it's in the same exact spaces where I also have to make the mortgage, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that Sometimes my headspace might want to be in the playground, but my physical body is actually in the place that pays the mortgage, and uh, and sometimes you know like that's a conflict for me. So I'll I'll be you know working on something and, and you know something goes wrong or something cracks and it's like you know yeah I need to fix it and you know this is taking longer than I thought and so that'll make me angry sometimes I think. Uh, I, so I think uh, that's an excellent. I think that if that's where you get angry the most, that's awesome. As opposed to you get angry at Vance all the time and have to you know. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. What did he do to you? Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I don't get. I mean. I get. Uh, I get strict with Vance as a parent. Sure. Right. You know. But um, and uh, there will be definitely times where he'll get under my skin <laughs> because that's you know he's he's my son. But uh, but I don't. I don't get like I don't yell. You know. I mean. I really try not to. It might be like Vance, knock it off. That's about it. You know. And, right. And it'll be funny you if he's in the car listening to this podcast with <laughs> years out of like, what did I do? <laughs> comes out. You know. You know what you did. You know, I find as an adult that I don't necessarily get angry less because I definitely do get angry, but I know how to control it more than when I was younger or right. let it go. Right. Well, that, I guess yeah. more let it go than anything else, right? Yeah. As when you were younger, being angry felt like you had to do something about it in the moment and immediately. And as an adult, you realize, huh, I have all this stuff like a job and a wife and a family I don't want to yeah. lose, so I should probably just let go of this. Yeah. Uh, we just... I was I was one of those hockey dads this weekend, and uh, so the kids are five and six and seven on the ice, and we got matched against a team that was much better. So my inner Canadian hockey player got really frustrated. So I start coaching, right? And maybe you're not supposed to coach 
five-year-old to be like, During a game. put it up the boards, yeah. clear it out, make sure they don't pass the the blue. You know, I'd be giving them real, like, real advice. And I was with one of these, uh, you know, let's make sure the kids have fun and where are the orange slices kind of dads who was behind the bench with me, like coaching. And he's like, you know, recent studies have shown that singling out the kids and giving them advice like that is not good for them. It stresses them out. I said, you know, recent studies have shown that guys like you stress me out. <laughs> you didn't really say that. Yes, so I did. Did you really? Anyways, yeah. So I was asked not to coach on Sunday. Um, but, I believe uh, that. <laughs> Were you really asked not to coach? He said, don't worry. I found somebody else so you don't have to. Like uh-huh. he was doing me a favor. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, man. Meanwhile, I coach every week. I've never seen this guy. I don't know how he got the assignment of coaching the kids during the tournament, but... Mm. I guess everybody has a has a turn. Uh, you know, I'm volunteering every week. This this guy is giving me advice on how to coach. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. Uh, yeah, so, you know, again, it bothered me in the moment, and then I realized, hey, I said my piece, let it go, right? But, I just, uh, for the record, I do not believe in that. Uh, give every kid a trophy and participation and happy, happy, smile, smile, because that's just not life. And you're oh, just no. setting up kids to be disappointed. I, I agree with you. Um, and I want to continue on this conversation path for a minute because it's relevant to my life, too. Um, two, two thoughts popped in my head. One is, like, Maddie, when she was playing hockey, she was on, like, like she was just learning. And she was on, like, the worst team that always lost, like, her first year. And, um, and she was great, though, because the coach put everybody on the ice including Maddie, who barely knew how to skate. So she got all the skate uh-huh. time. But what was more important is that Maddie learned how to lose because she was never a good loser. Like, when we played board games, she'd be the one that would, like, pitch a fit if she lost and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not that, but, you know, that, that attitude. And, um, and so she learned to lose. And I kept saying that Gwen, you know, was like, oh, my God, I wish you could just win once. And I was like, that's okay. Let her learn to lose because, you know what, life is gonna, there's a lot of losing in life. Got to learn how to do it. And then the other thing with the, the orange – uh, slice coach like uh, I think that his point was that he was saying incorrectly is that you do want to coach and give all those kids that stuff but the, the, the game is not when you do it it's the practice is when you do it and so you make notes and you bring it to them when they're not so they can enjoy the game and then you, and then the next practice you help them with what they need to develop yeah, I don't know <laughs> every sport I've ever watched on TV the coaches are pretty advice giving during the game TV, that's yeah. TV professional those guys are making oh. 6 million to play the game it's coaching that's different so i've got a little deeper uh, answer to that question for me seriously it's i find myself more angry with myself as i get older in and just reacting to stuff that i know better you know yeah well that's the anger <clears throat> i was talking about too i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just i mean well i, I just like it i could be in the grocery store or i'll be driving or just even in dealing with casey whatever it might be and you'll say something or you'll most of it is even think go you'll start down a thought path and it's like and i just get irritated with myself it's like i know better than that that's that's going nowhere fast in a hurry and i you know you kind of get irritated and angry at yourself but catching it on time is also gratifying you know, not being an idiot mm-hmm. is mm. gratifying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and we, and we <laughs> miss it. We all miss it too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and that's the other gratifying part is people not knowing how much of an idiot you almost were. I got news for you. I think the human. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say anything like that. I'm saying I think the human condition is that we are in our own heads all the time and we think that we're going through things alone and that no one else has ever encountered any of this but at the end of the day we're all kids pretending to be adults figuring out and I think that when you become an adult when you realize that everyone else is going through the exact same thing it's called compassion and that's something that that I've worked hard at learning you know, and it's like, and I, and I drive my wife nuts with it. Like, you know, when my we're driving and someone cuts us off, my wife will be, you know, that jerk does not drive this. And my, I'm always like, maybe his wife's pregnant and they're rushing to the hospital. Like, we don't know what's going on in that car right now, why that happened. Maybe he's a jerk, but maybe mm-hmm. there's some other reason that that happened. Like, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt because if you follow me around while I'm driving all the time, sometimes I make mistakes too. You know? For sure. And we brush it off for different reasons, right? Yeah, we judge so when others I make a mistake, based like, on oh, their... Hey, sorry, man. It was just I made a mistake. But when someone else says it, we don't forgive them, you know. And I always try right. to find that compassion, and yeah. 
Compassion is well, a part of it, but there's also there's an enlightening part of it that comes too when you realize that you're not alone. Um, even you know, I, I tell people this all the time. So, oh, you know, my family is just so messed up. Everybody's family's messed up. Everybody. Yeah, in their own but when way. you're younger, yeah. when you're younger, you don't think that because you see your friends that how good everything is. Everybody's got to leave it to Beaver family. You know, when you're when you're a kid. But it's like Except no, yeah. everybody's family's messed up. And, and there's, yeah. there's that kind of like a calming, you know, the sun shines a little brighter because it's like, oh, yeah, I am a part of a world that's not different. We're all the same. So. And, and you know what? The, and the social media aspect of that and what that's doing to kids, like the pressure, because everybody's like living their best Facebook lives. You know what I mean? And so then you start seeing that even more. It's not just like going to your friend's house for dinner. It's like your friend's dinner and their perfect family is getting sent in and selfies to you all day. It's, it's yeah, changing it's true. people, you know. I don't know if it's for better or for worse. I'm not one of those people that says mm-hmm. it's got to be like the 1890s. I'm going to agree because you know? I don't know what you just said. <laughs> yeah. You dropped out, but well, it's probably changed, fairly wise. He's, yeah, he's one of the wisest people we know. So, And I would take the opposite side of that social media thing and say that um, it's good in the way that now we have access to information in an instant. So you can't claim ignorance about a lot of things that are going on. You know, I mean, you might get some but the, misinformation. But the is not always accurate. That's what I said. You might get some misinformation, but you can't say that, oh, man, that's like I said before, things terrible would happen in the world. And you'd open up a newspaper, read about a story that happened six months ago. And it's like, oh, that's terrible. And you close the newspaper and set it aside. But now it's like, you know what? Something's going on, whether it's in your town or on the planet in a country. And you're like, okay, you can't claim ignorance anymore. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the problem is, though? There is no news anymore. There's just opinion. And everyone just goes to their same opinion source that is just this self-fulfilling prophecy, this, you know, this viewpoint. A lot Whatever of people side do. of the spectrum you're on, a lot you're of just sort do. of looking to justify how you already think. And I find news is very little. It's all opinion. You know, and the, and the something algorithms, happens and we have a feeling about it and that's it. Yeah, and the algorithms are programmed to... to fulfill that prophecy i mean the, the confirmation bias prophecy like you see right. what you look at so you see more of it so the algorithm sends you more you know yeah i i think yeah. though that w- one of the things i notice that happens think of it in a maker related type situation okay you hear that if you use this glue for these two pieces of things because you saw one thing from your favorite youtuber that that's the way to go but a lot more of us are saying you know what i'm not sure if that would work right you know i don't think that's the best glue and you can look up you can find I think some of us are not just sticking with what we believe, right? You're, you're just staying, sticking to your own team. There are more and more people out there, I think, that are using technology to, to see different sides of it, to get more information, to gather, to be able to make a wiser decision. What is it? You guys would know more about this, what I'm saying. Yeah. You, the more information you have, the better. You're still going to make a decision, and it's still going to be biased based upon your beliefs and all that. But at least you have... Again, you can't claim ignorance because that's it's. There's a lot more information out there available to you. I would love to believe that that's true. I don't I, think it I, is. Though. I think it is. I think it is. It may not be. It may not be. And I tell Casey this all the time. I sometimes look at things that happen much broader than I think most people do. Generationally, you have to think that Vance is gonna. Jake and Vance are gonna live in a world that we have no idea and can't imagine. And then their kids are going to live in a world that we, you know what I mean? And I just think yeah. it gets better and better and better every generation. It doesn't look like that, but it is. We got it so oh, I, much better. We got it so oh, much I better agree. now than, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, no one, no one's dying of smallpox anymore, right? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was measles. <laughs> that was measles, yeah. Measles, yeah. yeah. Pretty right. close. Who's up? Yeah. Okay, you are. And I think your question is for Tim. Um, let's see. No, that I was you, Tim. That's what that just was, happened. Where do you? Yeah, it's your turn, Phil. Yep. Uh, oh, my turn. Okay, so yeah. then my question got, is for Tim. We got derailed. Right, sorry about I that. D- As an adult, how do you form lasting friendships? I From start, scratch. I start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Bill, your turn. I'm good with Seriously, that. I mean, I, I don't know what yeah. else to say. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. an interesting one because starting a friendship with a, as a child with some with another child is totally different than. Start, I find starting friendships with adults is sometimes easier, sometimes harder, as long as you've got some kind of common frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this is an, this is a cheat code for me, but like, 
parents of my friend's kids are just an automatic, like, it's super easy. And if, like, hey, I think you go to the same school that, yeah, oh, you know, and it just becomes this easy thing. Um, but if I just had to, like, walk into a room of strangers and make friends. That's not oh me. My God. That, yeah, that's that, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, Vance, yeah, <laughs> me neither. There, there's a house, two houses down. Our, our street isn't, like, there's no sidewalks on our street. So two houses down isn't just, like... You know, but it's kind of a busy road. But but two houses down, there's a, a little boy moved in almost three years ago now. That's like the, almost the same exact age as Vance. And we never, because none of us are really outgoing. We've just never been over and introduced ourselves or any of that. We've waved, you know what I mean? But that's about it. Um, and so mm-hmm. today, well, I, I came home and, and uh, my wife had just, and Vance was like all excited uh, because they, my wife was like, you know what, we're going to go over and knock on the door. It's like a snowy day. There's no school today. I was like, I'm going to go mm-hmm. knock on their door. And so they walked over, and, uh, and Vance played with this, this little boy all day. I came home, and Vance is like, I have a new best friend, Be, you know, and like, <laughs> which is so adorable. That's cute. You know? and they, yeah. they, they got along really well. They have a lot of similar interests and um, because they took that step to knock on the door. And if I learned anything from that, it's like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be afraid to just knock on someone's door. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I'm not really looking for friends here. <laughs> well, you know, I got enough. <laughs> The maker community itself has probably brought me more friends, people who I'd actually say seriously that I, I've gotten to know and that are my friends that I would not have otherwise. Because I've, I've always kept one, maybe two people that I call friends and that I associate, hang out with, and that's it. That's my, that's my bandwidth. But now that's not the case. I know and have met and have hugged so many people. Uh, Robert Ellenwood, I know you listen, buddy. He just called me again. He was the guy last year that um, emailed me and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm in Hayward for work sometimes. you mind if we have lunch? He called me the other day. Hey, I'm in Hayward today. Let's go have lunch. It's like I would never do that. But this is yeah. one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Um, super, super cool. So as an adult, how do I make friends? Through the maker community. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask one more question because we're going to have to wrap this up. We're, we've got a few more things to do. Uh, and I'm going to ask it to both of you. And it should be a fairly Ooh. quick one. So this is for both of you. And obviously you have to realize that like, your answer is not written in stone. I understand that moods change and, and people change. So the questions are... Talladega Nights. Well, that, <laughs> that could very well be one of the answers. It's... Um, Right now, at this point in time, what is your favorite band, your favorite movie, and your favorite book? Favorite band right now uh, is Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Favorite book, I'm reading Blood and Fire. And every current book that I'm reading is always my favorite book because I always get engrossed. Okay. And And favorite movie, I just saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and that was pretty good. Oh, was I just it? Watched, I, we just watched that uh, Friday night, Saturday night. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. 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 That Remy Malik, he's something else. Very talented. He was in Mr. Robot. Great show. Oh, man. Favorite band for me will always be Led Zeppelin. Um, good favorite answer. Movie, favorite movie for me will always be Outlaw Josie Wales. Good answer. Always doubles back for a friend. <laughs> and what was the other one? Favorite book? Yeah. Uh, favorite book for me will have to be the Wheel of Time series, Robert Jordan, and then uh, eleven books into it, he died, and Brandon Sanderson. That's right. Had to finish the last few. So they're turning it into either a TV show or a movie. Are they really? Yeah. Oh it's my like, gosh. It's really it's like it's high magic, right? It's high not high it's low fantasy, but it, there's no, it's high fantasy. There's a lot of magic in it. It's it's the same thing that Game of Thrones is basically. If they can if they can do as Except good a job way more magic. Well, yeah, way more. But if they can do as good a job with Game of Thrones, I mean with the Wheel of Time if they as they did with Game of Thrones. And I think it started with the remake of um uh, um, um, um uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's just Yeah. The ability now, technology, again, the ability to create these fantasy scenes on TV that aren't obvious CGI, you know, it's, oh yeah. my gosh, Wheel of Time on a TV show. And they've already got enough material to go forever. That's, that's 10 seasons. Yeah, it's Easy. easily. Easy. Easily, yeah. 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 So there you go, Tim. What about you? Well, I asked the question, so I don't think I have to answer it, but I You I do not have will. to do anything, but I would like to know. <laughs> 
Um, my, my favorite band has pretty much always been Operation Ivy, punk bands. I just, they, they had this one record that I just love and I, I've listened to since it came out in 1989. I say I'd listen to it at least once a month since 1989 and I haven't gotten tired of it yet. <laughs> um, my favorite book is, uh, it's definitely by Herman Hess, but I can't decide whether it's Magister Lucci, the, the glass bead game, or Siddhartha. Uh, I'm not sure which, but I just loved his writing, and that's probably the newest author I've read. <laughs> Show you how hip I am. That's why I never heard of the stuff you guys are talking about. Um, and favorite movie? <sighs> uh, I, it, I'm just going to say Talladega Nights because I think it's hilarious. So. <laughs> it is hilarious. Or, or Anchorman, I don't know. <laughs> well, listen, 60% of the time. No, you know what? Actually, Brazil. Uh, did you ever see Brazil? It was um, Terry Gilliam directed it. No, I really like that one. It was like kind of like a 1984 dystopian type thing, but sort of weird. Right. You know. Okay. All right, we got to move along here, and we've got that whole thing to do. Okay, so we're gonna move into the iTunes review review, Um, and it starts here with where did it go? Oh no! I had the whole thing. Uh, I'm not gonna save this because I had it open there. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, here. It's at the bottom. Usually I'm the one with the dead air. Yeah. Huh. This is is a good audio. It was Uh, that whole script thing that he asked us to write, to read out for him. Here, I have it right here. I can copy and paste it to you. Um, Phil has to start it. So this is from um, John. Well, actually, I don't think we have to say his name yet. We can just read it. There, I just just put it into the the chat there for you. And it starts... Uh, Okay. I have right, mine, so... I have mine, so... All right, so... The highlight of my week is to listen to Reclaimed Audio Podcast. Oh, that disappeared real fast. It pumped up, and then it went away. You have to click the thing. Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. The highlight of my week is to listen to Reclaimed Audio Podcast. They are three great, genuine, nice guys who inspire you to do good. They also make you feel like the fourth member of the podcast, especially on the iTunes Review Review segment of the show. Legend has it, if you leave them a five-star review, they will read it out on the show. So if you are hearing this on the podcast, then legends are true. Thank you, John, for that review. I'll leave it up to you, too. I had, I just had ad yeah, No ad-libbing. No, we're reading the script. Okay, Lutz. Sorry. Uh, all right. I would just like to interrupt and utilize the... It says beaded dragon, but I'm going yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take his misspelling. I would just like to interrupt and utilize the bearded dragon and tell you to go check out John's YouTube channel. John made it. He has a small channel, but has some great videos, so go and subscribe to him. John made it. Yeah, I would agree with you, Bill. John has some great video. But what really steams my broccoli is that he only has handful of subscribers. So everyone, go and subscribe to him at John Made It on YouTube, and also Instagram at John Made It. He should have more followers. I guess Siri read that one out. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with uh, to disagree with both of you. John's content isn't great. It's amazing, and a must-watch for everyone. Um. If you just heard Phil, Bill, and Tim say how great my content is, John made it, then uh, they really will read any review in exchange for five stars. So they do inspire you to always be good, but not always. Okay, or, that, or to, oh, be good, but or yeah. Or it just or, says that we are super cheap and easy. Yeah, it, I think and we it, just got called sluts. But anyways, yeah. um, and in case you didn't know who wrote that, it was obviously Paul Jackman. seriously go check out john John made it on on instagram and youtube john thank you for that it's a it's a week behind but uh we said we'd do it because we can write a a script and we'll do it yeah we said we would write we'll read anything you write in the itunes review as long as there's five stars we'll read it out in the air and so so john took full advantage of that and then someone else here took advantage of that. Ryan Grimsqueaker Ridgely, who's left several reviews now, took advantage of that. Review, he and might be the king of reviews. He might be, but he did something like completely opposite because now we said we would we would read them out loud and he made something that is <laughs> impossible to read out loud. So the 
it's a bunch of letters. Like he just mashed the keyboard. It's like K R S Z. That was my joke. Yeah. So oh, last oh, week, oh, did you I say that? Or two weeks ago, I yeah. said I don't care if you mash the keyboard with your forehead. Just leave a five star review, and this is him responding to that. Well, okay. is there any way you can make some kind of a word out of that? I was I was trying to. So I'm going to read the 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 Ixter review. Gixit. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, Lexter Gixtsifka. Why I T uh, I two Then there's a bunch of flags. I, I can't read those. At fifty five, but exclamation point. Dixvajigtugu, uh, but mit v misses. I that bravo. Oh, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. That was some, that was some good good radio right there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna start a new weekly segment. It is our uh, weekly tip. And uh, so basically it's going to be a tips and tricks, and one of us is going to come up with a tip for you guys. Um, but even more important than that, and actually preferred to that, is if you guys email us or send us something on instant uh, message or any other social media platform. So we can share we, it. You know what? So I'm gonna, we can share your tips. I'm going to say you have to email it to us so we can find it, because otherwise we'll be looking everywhere for them. So just email yeah. info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, right. and that way we're all guaranteed to have them in our inbox. So Yeah. Yeah, use your yeah. email machines. Yeah, don't make it easy. Um, for right, sorry about that. Uh, so Bill's gonna do this week's and kick it off, but next week we'd love to have a, a, a listener's tip. So feel free to send that in. So um, I said earlier I put out a video this week and I made a little butcher block style table, and it was a very simple. Uh, for those who haven't watched the video, shame on you. Go watch it. Um, but what I did was I took some two by sixes and I split them down the middle at a 45 so I can create an L-shaped table leg. And that's basic enough for like your shop in the garage. But what I did then was I took, and I, I evened it out on both sides and I took it and I ran it through the table saw one more time at a 90 degree, but because the leg itself was at a 45, it created this 45 degree chamfer on both sides of it. And it really does just give it a little bit of dimension or it kind of it just makes it look a little more fancy than some simple thing so that's that was my tip my trick you know it's just taking something that's got kind of a shop furniture look and actually making it look a little more refined nice love it yeah nice. and great. uh and that's that's visible in uh, in bill's most recent video and i actually i i called out that tip in the uh in the comments because I thought it was such a great one so well done well thank you Phil and I saw that that was after you did something first I'm I'm not sure what that was I but I do remember the praise part the praise part was nice right. thank you pleasure pleasure so uh, what grabbed your attention Tim what grabbed your attention this week uh, I'm gonna throw the shout out to uh, Joe Pierce maker for being the best dressed man on YouTube <laughs> hey man I saw that yeah. well yeah, maybe not the best dress because he has the agree to disagree version of the Reclaimed Audio Podcast T-shirt, but it's nice still guy, nice guy. You know, it's so close. third it's best, best dress, third best dressed. Well, fourth best dress. We do have the mashup. Ah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> With friends like you guys, um, okay. <laughs> Bill, what about you? What grabbed your attention? Uh, well, like I said, Robert Allen Wood. I had lunch with him. That was great. But um, Keith Decent got a hold of me. And his podcast, From the Ground Up, is going to have a guest voice segment on it of yours truly. So I think you should listen to every one of Keith's podcasts. And then as soon as you figure out which one has my voice on it, as, as, as I don't mean like in the interview. I'm talking about like a, an acting role, my very first acting role on a podcast. So wow. keep an eye out for that. Union? Uh, screen Actors yeah, Guild, uh, but it's not screen acting. It's it's Podcast it's, Actors Guild. It's, it's listening. <laughs> it's ear acting. So, so check out from the ground up with Keith Decent. That's what caught my attention, especially every time he gives me some love. Hmm. Tit for tat. I hear you. Yeah. Um, mine is uh, Mr. Chickadee. He did a video on how to build uh, an a Rubo bench, except he did it with no nails, no glue. No fasteners of any kind, just wood and joinery, and uh, he even made the vices. So it was awesome, and I love his videos. Wow. Okay, good. Here we go. It's a big job. Yeah. Um, our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out IronAndSoul.com. 
WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, NewPerspectivesMusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys, especially your tips for our weekly segment. Info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at ReclaimedAudio, which now goes to my phone. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. Clearly, we will say anything for a measly five-star review, so have at it. Have fun. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to keep these guys on the air. Um, and Thank you to quick, all our new patrons this week. Uh, we had a yes. whole bunch of new ones this week, and we really appreciate it. We sure do. And on the topic of keeping things on the air, um, I just want to say a, a huge thank you to um, Woodtalk and the boys over there. So Mark, Matt, Matt, and Shannon, thank you for 10 years of being on the air and, um, and sad to see you go because you were a, a, you know, a weekly spot for me. And, uh, and I, I wish you guys nothing but the best going forward. Well, they were the spark that started the forest fire. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Indeed. And on that note, have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be good.